Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Hey guys, welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. Oh, you guys, I have an amazing guest for you today. She is a musician, a pleasure activist, and a sensualist. She has captivated a global audience with the raw embodiment of herself, her voice, and her body, which she wasn't able to do for a very long time. Growing up in Saudi Arabia, becoming a musician was not in her realm of possibility. The singer who has been previously praised for smashing Saudi stereotypes was named as one of the BBC's 100 Most Powerful Women. The former international media relations officer at Saudi Aramco, the largest oil company in the world, moved to LA in 2014 to pursue her career in music starting from scratch, but has maintained close ties with her Saudi homeland. Today, Ratana has found the courage to write and sing about the things that keep women from fostering a lifelong connection to their minds and to their bodies. Please help me welcome Rotana Terabzuni to Untamed and Unashamed. Take a deep breath. Feel the ground beneath your feet. Yalla bina ala baba Allah 
Please vote, everybody. Salam. Hi. Hi. Look at us both in our beans. I know. <laughs> it's like the one day of the year in LA where it's actually cold. Oh, I like yours, the little pussycat. Thank you. <laughs> do, do you know Milk, the musician? Uh, I have heard of her. But she I don't sings the intro. She sings the intro to this podcast. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, you guys are, I feel like you guys would really do, uh, really connect and resonate with each other's story and mission. Yeah, um, she keeps, she keeps like rotating in my sphere, but I've never actually met her. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. Um, she, I think, I'm pretty sure the way that she gained fame was through, um, I can't remember which walk it was or which petition, but she sang um, the song Quiet, but she had mm. the hat that you have on, but in pink. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. I am so excited for this episode because, well, for a couple of reasons, but, you know, the show is called Untamed and Unashamed, and I feel like you echo that. So um, <laughs> our, you know, our mutual friend, Adrian Grenier, is how I discovered you, and uh I believe you were going to perform at his birthday party and the logistics didn't quite work out, but I, I was so intrigued by the things that he was saying about you. He just really shined for you. And um, yeah. And he, he just said, you've got to hear her story, you know, mm. be a great podcast guest. And he said, basically, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read the text he sent me this morning. Cause I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm interviewing her today. And he said, um, she's a sexually liberated and curious woman coming from a world that would stifle expression of self and deathly discourage a woman's sexness. Her music is incredible. Her one woman show that she's creating is one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I really want her to launch it. So mm. after I'll launch it already, that's what he said this morning, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, I I love. He always sees the beauty in people, mm. and I think, um, you know, he he mirrors that back to them, and so it always feels so good in his presence. Um, but he really shined shined for you, and um, I can say too that after looking up your music, after he brought you into my awareness, I you're listening to your voice just. I love all your songs, but listening to just your voice without music, it mm. feels like some sort of like activation, like whatever you have in your transmission field feels like an activation, just hearing your voice. It feels very spiritual. So thank you for all that you're doing through that beautiful gift. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's just, that really warms my heart to hear about mm -hmm. Adrian and um, to hear your words. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he mentioned 
how beautiful your story is. So I'd love to start off with that, the highs and lows of what shaped who you are today. Yeah, I mean, like all of us, where to begin and what to include, because there's so much. Yeah. But I think I'll just like, you know, my name is Ritana. Hi, everybody. I'm from Saudi Arabia. I was born and raised there. Um, I grew up um, in such an interesting place called Saudi Aramco, which was, it's the largest oil company in the world. And it's, uh, at the time, it was an American and Saudi company. And mm. we lived, and because we had so many American expats, we lived in this like gated city, really, um, named Saudi Aramco. And its nickname was Little America because within mm. the gates, like none of the rules of Saudi applied. So like there were movie theaters which were banned in Saudi and like you could listen to music and that was banned in public and like, you know, men and women weren't segregated and um, just, and like there was, we had like when it was Christmas, we would have like mass and it, like all of these, there was Halloween, all these things that are totally forbidden on the outside um, were allowed. And so I grew up in this place yet I left the gates every single day and went to school um to like a Saudi systemed uh, very religious curriculum I wasn't allowed to go to the American schools and frankly I, I didn't want to you know I, I left the gates every day and I went to um Saudi schools and it was a very religious curriculum. Um, you know, we had like literally six religion topics, um, subjects, uh, and everything that we learned, whether it was history or geography or math, like it was all, everything traced back to God and religion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a way, like that's where I spent the majority of my life. And it was so, of course, it was an all-girls school because men and women were segregated at the time. And it was such a gorgeous experience because there was so much safety. Mm. There was so much belonging. Like, they, you know, there were no boys around and there were no drugs around and there was no alcohol around. And so it was just like us and our joy and our and our breath and our song and our dance. And like, we we that's what we did. Like there was so much innocence and there was so much belonging, which I think mm. is, you know, the beauty that religion can really offer us is like, you're all moving and swimming in the same direction for the same greater good. And then, you know, I, and I was very religious, like I wanted to cover and my dad was like, fuck no. I wanted to cover my hair when I was in seventh grade, but Anyways, this is all to say that I was super religious and I loved all of that belonging mm -hmm. and in the privacy of my own room, you know, because at home the circumstances weren't, you know, there are moments where I didn't feel safe. Um, my eroticism and my sexuality and my, my self-exploration with my body has really been, it really was this refuge. It was this place where I could be completely immersed. It was this place where I could mm -hmm. like feel myself. And so that relationship with the erotic started so young, even though I couldn't articulate it, like I was practicing 
you know, erotic aliveness in the four walls of my bedroom. And, and, you know, I graduated, I, I, but I, it was a secret, you know, and I pushed it down because mm-hmm. like I'm spending eight hours a day at a school that's saying that like, I'm going to burn in the depths of hell if I enjoy myself or believe that I have that much power. And um, it's weird to carry the a belief into, it's like, there are parts of me that were like, absolutely, this is 100% right. And there are parts of me, which are the parts that continue to come back to this medicine of eroticism that were like, this doesn't make sense. But anyways, I, I, I was very much like a good Saudi girl. You know, I, I ended up working at the oil company that every single member of my family had worked at. And I was just like the poster child of Saudi and Muslim society, you know, like I was progressive enough. Like I was like, I was a woman that wanted to change things, but I was still, I I was still falling in line. Mm And then I, you know, this, I will get into, I'm sure a lot of this. So I'm going to cut this part of the story short, but essentially I started to watch the show Glee, which is so hilarious that that Mm -hmm. was like a turning point for me, but it was watching Glee in Saudi Arabia and like eating hash brownies after like making my hash brownies in my parents' home, because in Saudi you live with your parents until you get married. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's not the way it is here in the States. Like, Oh my God, you still live with your parents. you live with them until you make a new family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started to watch Glee and I started to eat these hash brownies after work every day. And I, you know, I started to get very both depressed and inspired. And the depression was mm-hmm. like, Holy fuck. I don't believe in anything that I was raised to believe in. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is supposed to be this way. And that's really terrifying. So thank God I had glee because that longing of like, I was just watching Rachel Berry and I was like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. And I got permission from my father to move to the U S cause you need permission for a male guardian to leave. My dad has always been super just progressive in that way you know this was like six and a half seven years ago at a time when no dad would let their daughter move to the states and like be Mm. a singer and so I came here and everything we'll talk about I'm sure after this question has been the unraveling and the stepping into the embodiment of who I actually am because I was really playing I got here and I was like I'm still gonna be the good Saudi girl but then also be myself and that's impossible mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like your strata yeah I had one foot in both worlds uh the truth is I belong in neither <laughs> and so I was making like mediocre art and I was like I have so much compassion for myself I was really trying to believe on a cellular level that my eroticism that my erotic aliveness that my power was good and of service and holy and that journey took almost five and a half years and then in 2019 
you know, I did a one-woman show that Adrian was talking to you about. It was in a very early iteration of it, and I did it at a festival. And to open the show, which I don't even like to call it a show, I call it, like, it's more like a ceremony. Hmm. And so I open it with scripture from the Qur'an, you know, which is the holy book in Islam. That is, that is the opening of my ceremony. And that video of me reading scripture from the Quran and then there's you know the video continue you continue on to see me like jumping in the air and stomping down like onto the ground in like such a primal way and it and and then there's another clip of me just kind of like slowly rolling my body and like holding my lower belly that went viral um in the arab world in saudi arabia in a very dangerous way you know it was you're not allowed to read or lead prayer as a woman you're not allowed to read prayer uncovered you're not allowed to put prayer in the same container as music you're definitely not fucking allowed to put prayer in the same container as female sexuality and erotic aliveness so it was just like all of these fuck knows that you're not supposed to do that um, just came crashing down and it was really scary, you know? Um, and I, I point to that moment as though, even though I really like struggle with not wanting to have one moment define me, but if there was a moment of no return, it was that one. Hmm. And there has been another one since, but I think that moment, because I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. It was the like, like I just knew that I that this felt right to me. You know, I read that scripture all the time when I big one. It's an open. It's a scripture that you use to open something. Mm So, but if you had told me that I was going to get on stage and someone was going to take a video of me and that video was going to go viral in Saudi and in the Arab world, and it would kick me out of my culture, Mm. probably indefinitely. I I probably would not have been able to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you called it a ceremony, and I know in so many ceremonies, it's an initiation, really, you know, so it feels like that's a bit of what it was, and also that erotic energy that you had as a child, I also had, and and I know that that also is a piece of the Kundalini energy that we carry. And um, maybe also in that performance, there was some deeper awakening of that. And I know for me, every time that awakens deeper, so much falls away. And even if it's stuff that didn't seem like it needed to fall away, it falls away and it's so painful. Um, yeah. So I didn't grow up in that culture, of course, but there's so many pieces of that story that I feel like is actually in our culture with the repression. And uh, I was adopted into a really religious family and, uh, you know, sexuality was very shameful and Mm -hmm. we needed men's permission to be able to go to school, to go to college. Uh, It sounds Mm -hmm. like it was a long time ago. This was only... 16 years ago, I'm 37. And I left that church at 22. But I started uh, 
having orgasms around like three or four years old because I would copy what I was seeing in my home. And even though I wasn't very, I wasn't promiscuous as a teen, I felt very sexual in my own energy. And then, you know, my late teen years in this religious group, they were doing things called deliverances where they would like cast these lustful spirits out of you. And they would tell you, they would tell you that, uh, if you do anything to invite them back in a lustful thought, then they'll bring seven friends and they'll basically like, you. and so there's this experience that was like really terrifying for me. And then when I first had sex, it felt very, I was out of my body because I became disconnected. Mm. To it. When I had my first mm. kiss, I cried after because I also had this mm. feeling of getting sort of pleasure. Um, and then you said glee was like the uh, this point for you where you were like, ah, oh, I can, I, that's what I'm supposed to do. I saw the notebook. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and I saw like their love and their sex scene. And I was like, I, I want to experience life. Like I want romance. I want lust. And, and so, um, that movie, it sounds funny, but that was like a breaking point for that, like popped my bubble. I also saw a documentary about uh, the child soldiers in Uganda. So it was, it was a pair of both of those. Cause it was like, ah, uh, I want, like, I think Christ's work is that it's not yeah. this Sunday sitting in the pew and being the quiet Christian girl. It's, it's that. So those were two um, moments that were similar to the glee. I'm curious because part of my process in leaving the church was you know, I was only 22 years old. I was getting, um, model mayhem was a thing back then that was safe and functional. And so I was getting a lot of attention in that industry and, uh, ended up going to the uh, playboy mansion for a summer and doing a bunch of shoots with them. And my, that did not feel like liberation for me. It felt like rebellion. Um, and that was part of my process towards liberation. Um, but I'm curious what your process was because for me, sexuality was separate from God. Mm. And then there was the dark night of the soul of finding out the story of Mary Magdalene and feeling really resonant with that. Mm. Because of course they cast me out, you know, and, mm. and that was my big middle finger with shooting with Playboy. But finding out her story and that we've been taught all these different things that weren't true felt like, well, um, what is true? You know, like it was, it was, it was really, um, heartbreaking for me. And, and I went through this whole stage of, um, keeping, just feeling really separate from God and plunging into the sexuality and the sexuality. And then, um, you know, later on through a lot of plant medicine work and, and connecting with my guide, probably a whole decade later is when I merged the two. And now I feel like I can access God through sex and through sensuality. Um, so I'd love to hear your process about, did, did you go through a time where you had to separate them and then they come back together? Or what was that like for you? Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful question. And, you know, for me, it was, it's like, you know, in one of my songs, Stuck in America, I say like, you know, brown girl, brown girl comes to America chasing the pleasure. I put God in a drawer. Mm. And some of that is true. I think that I, because I have always been so deeply spiritual. 
because of my religious upbringing, I think when I moved here to the U.S., the sense that I had, it's like it's that feeling that you had when you watched The Notebook, which was like, I want to go far. I want to go far and I want to like feel the world in my system. And I want to, and like, so that I had this understanding that that was erotic and that was sexual, even though I didn't have words for it. What I did put away was like, I stopped praying five times a day. Mm. I stopped fasting during the month of Ramadan, which is like this month that you, Fast from some, yeah, you, you, yeah, I stopped the dogma of it completely. And, you know, one of the first things I did when I landed in the States was acid. And then I started mm-hmm. to do mushrooms. So like, I, I kind of immediately was in conversation with, with spirit, one of the, and my first trip, it was my third month here. And I found God in the earth. Mm. And I was like, oh, you're here. You're lower. I fucking knew it, mm. you know? And so, like, and I didn't have, and, and, and so from the very beginning, I, I started to walk this path with God, and I'm putting that in air quotations because I still, my whole system was like, that's not God. That's not God. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. That's not God. But, like, my body knew. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the plant medicine was such a gift because I can really track for like three years on and off. I would do plant medicine and spend like whole journeys. People would get so annoyed with me just being like, wait, so tell me why sexuality isn't bad. Like but I would literally, I was that annoying person in the group that would just like latch onto someone and be like, we need to dissect this. Me too. And I need to intellectualize it. I need to tell me why sexuality is good mm-hmm. like tell me why it's and because I it wasn't enough for me that it was good I wanted it to be holy yeah. and I can see the innocence of that mm. is like oh I was so scared of losing my belonging to my mm. country to my mother to my family um so for me it was like just this treacherous painful struggle of being this naturally erotically alive being Mm -hmm. and 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 expressing a little bit a little bit of it in my art but pushing a lot of it down and then and really like it was just like this and then engine trying to find god in that little bit that i've revealed and it was the slow painful reveal and to be honest like the thing that shifted everything for me is is finding audrey lord's essay uses of the erotic the erotic is power Mm. um every person that is listening to this podcast if you have not read this essay or you can listen to it on youtube it is the most life-changing um exploration of what the erotic really is and of course Mm. it came from a black queer intersectional feminist fucking badass audrey lord and everything clicked and i was like oh you are ancestor oh Mm. i feel spirit in you it's like the vessels that were telling me that the erotic was 
disgusting and shameful and the vessels here in the u.s that were telling me that the erotic was a gift and it's like i didn't believe anyone until i found audrey lord and her voice just like spoke to the lowest deepest parts of me and i was like oh this is god this is creation energy. Why? Because I can feel that when I'm in this space, I am expanded. My love for people is unconditional. Like my desire for their liberation is not like, I want your liberation just because I want your liberation. And I don't care what that looks like for you. There's this like, I was like, oh, when I'm in this erotic place where I'm actually not just, you know, moving my body or whatever it is, but I'm in deep feeling and connection to all that is. I'm expansive. I'm generative. This is what it's all about. And like, that was, that was in 20, at the end of 2019. And I would say that from that point on, that's when I really merged spirit and eroticism. Mm. Even though all throughout my exploration, I was constantly like reciting the Quran before I would masturbate or reciting the Quran before I would like go into erotic dance, whatever it was, it was always with me. But Audre Lorde made everything click. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And what it feels like too is... God being within us and not like we can't be separated from it versus God being something outside of us that we have to uh, do good to be in his presence. And, um, you know, there's so many pleasure practices that I've done, like the the Osho divine fuck where uh, it's the four foot cock of consciousness. And I use, you know, God as the divine masculine, things like that, that I've, I've felt, um, I'm able to like put into my nervous system that I can hold both at the same time. And there's this, um, photographer that I, I, he is also a mutual friend of ours and I held space for her during a ceremony once. And she had had the same sort of journey as us. And she what, what I had her do on the medicine was play uh, this childhood church song while mm. she experienced erotic pleasure. And it was mm. really beautiful to like watch and hold space for. And, and there was no, there in that moment, it was just pure love. It was yeah. pure. There was no feeling of Christ consciousness or, or, uh, you know, source not being able to be there because of the sexual pleasure that was taking place, you know, and, and I feel, um, I feel so excited for, you know, it's like very trendy right now, Mary Magdalene's work. And I feel very excited for, um, the story of how, like they did tantric work, you know, together mm-hmm. and we're trained in the ISIS temples and, and I'm excited for that to become common knowledge because mm-hmm. it's, it's so healing, you know, when mm-hmm. we can, it's, it's more, it's our whole self, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I loved, I loved your share and thank you for being so vulnerable in that. Um, about pleasure, 
Mm-hmm. You also um, refer to yourself as a pleasure activist, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that <laughs> term. Um, but I'd love to hear what that means to you. Yeah. So I really want to. I really want to uh, mention Adrienne Marie Brown, who is another Black queer intersectional feminist writer uh, who wrote the book Pleasure Activism, which is where mm-hmm. I got the that phrase from. And that book really changed my life. And I'll just, um, I wrote down her definition because I love it so much. And then I'll tell you what it means to me. But she says, mm-hmm. pleasure activism is the work we do to reclaim our whole happy and satisfiable selves mm-hmm. from the impacts, delusions, and limitations of oppression and or supremacy. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. You know, it was like reading that book was another, like it was first Audre Lorde and then it was reading this. I read these books back to back and everything started to shift for me because it was like, oh, Pleasure activism is this like deep seated knowing that our pleasure is not frivolous and it's not selfish as we've been taught to believe. You know, this is sacred devotional work. It's the work of healing through a social justice lens. You know, we know and we've mm. seen over and over again how denying our full, complex selves, denying our aliveness and our needs is living sensual beings literally increases the chances that we'll be at odd with ourselves in pain with our loved ones Mm -hmm. with our neighbors and uh, the planet as a whole and so you know coupled with Audre Lorde's essay and this I started to really drop into like oh my my pleasure and and sensuality and erotic aliveness and well-being my my wholeness my satisfiableness that is a fucking necessity mm-hmm. for us to be sustainable for us to bring justice to our communities and you know it's like it's like breaking away from the system that we are bogged down by which designs us to like to to demand like scarce justice from our very oppressors. Mm. And instead, as a pleasure activist, we're generating power from that overlapping space of, of desire and aliveness. And we're tapping into like abundant resource that has enough liberation, enough attention, enough justice for all, Uh. you know, like that's, that's why I call myself a pleasure activist. Mm-hmm. But people hear pleasure activism and they're like, oh, you like like to, you just like want to have sex and take baths. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, yes, and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that you said abundant resource because I never even thought about how there's no limit. Like our, there's always access to our pleasure and it's not limited, especially as women, because we can have just, multiple like once we're there just keep going and going and going you know totally um I give my myself a word every birthday because my, my birthday is December 14th so it's towards the end of the year anyways mm-hmm. so for that next year and for that next birthday I give myself a word and you know I've had trust and this last year I had play mm. it, 
it was not a year of play. It did not, <laughs> this year was a year of, of suffering, um, hmm. but of becoming. And uh, next week uh, for this next birthday, it's pleasure. That's my word. And um, God, I six months ago even was so disconnected from my pleasure until I hmm. did a really deep um, MDMA assisted therapy around my sexual trauma and mm. uh, now I feel so much more alive and in my body mm. and uh, I'm very excited for that to be my word next year and I'm reading Pleasure Activist on I'm going to start started on that first week I have not read it oh it's so fucking um, good yeah so I want to read a quote about pleasure and just see if there's any threads you can pull on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I posted this this morning. It's, it's from the word, uh, the book, Pussy, uh, mm-hmm. Mama Gina. Pleasure, especially orgasm, is kryptonite to the ego. The more pleasure you have, the more flush and strong your pussy voice becomes. The stronger your pussy voice becomes, the more likely you are to connect to your power and confidence and move in the direction of your most deeply held desire. If there's mm-hmm. anything you, you feel there that comes up for you. I mean, I just think that she's, I think she's just absolutely right. And I, I think that most people, you know, it's that, builds the ego. I think it's, I mean, you know, you think of, you think of how the French call an orgasm, a little death, you know, Mm -hmm. like in, in, in the moment of orgasm, it's like, there are no walls, like you have no defenses. And so it's impossible Mm -hmm. for that moment to not be a gateway to God, you know, everything in us that tries to control and defend ceases it's it's not there in that moment and I think the more that you can the more that we can like really drop into the before and after and during of the orgasm and drop the walls yeah that's the portal that's connection to the divine and I think that's what mama Gina is talking about is like Mm -hmm. you are tapping into that source that does not run out yeah. And, and I, you know, I love that she is locating it in the pussy. I think it can be located anywhere, mm-hmm. really in our bodies. But I think a lot of times for women or women identified beings lower mm-hmm. is where it's at. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, in this part of my journey, that's where it's at because I was so disconnected from, from that before. And, um, I can, I recorded another episode right before this and we went for two hours. Uh, Mm. and so, but she was asking me questions and because of so much pleasure work that I've done and I'm in the Layla Martin, um, school as well right now. So we're doing a lot of work around, around the Yoni eggs and using crystal wands and all that stuff to, um, to really develop a relationship with our yonis and, and receiving answers from it. And, and during that recording, when she was asking me questions, I could feel yeses or no from mm. my yoni through yeah. the sensation I would get there. And I'm really enjoying this part of the journey. And then, you know, in between 
I had a 15 minute window because I had, I had imagined that episode was only going to go an hour. So I thought I'd have an hour to eat lunch and recoup. And then there's only a 15 minute window and it's hard to like be on for two hours and then still feel articulate. And so mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, all right. And I don't drink a lot of caffeine, but I was like, should I drink some caffeine? And instead I had like three orgasms. Cause I was like, that'll actually put me in my body or yeah. get me in my creative flow. Um, I don't know. I'm not even in my own house, but (laughs) I love that. They're fine. Um, But I wanted to ask you why you think that pleasure or eroticism is something we are so disconnected from and why our culture tries to convince us that it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'll add really quick. I think I, I firmly believe that the disconnection from our pleasure and eroticism is the root of really all the problems that are going on so it's interesting that it's the opposite of of what we're being told because yeah. if it's not depressed and it's coming out in healthy ways think about it we don't have sex trafficking we don't you know there's so many things that are healed in that yes you know i there's two things that i we'll come back to it, but okay. I, let's like, we'll ch- just remind me to talk about innocence. Um, okay. But I think, of course, the reason that the erotic uh, is so repressed is because it, you know, it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in Audre Lorde's essay, she talks about the or like the the word erotic comes from the Greek word eros, which is the personification mm-hmm. of creative power and mm. love in all its aspects. So like the personification of creative power, we're literally talking about creation energy, you know, the energy that creates our world and the universes. It's that feeling that you get when you're fully alive, open, receptive, turned on and, and saying yes to life and allowing it to penetrate you. And this is the place where life starts to become more of itself, where you're literally creating it. And to know that you can access in your own body that kind of liberation and and wholeness right here, right now, like you can't control people that know Mm. how to source Mm. their own liberation and wholeness. And Mm. that's why it's so fucking repressed. Like we wouldn't go to our nine to fives. We wouldn't say yes to the cultural systems that are keeping us from our our joy you know we wouldn't be buying into fucking late stage capitalism and being such slaves to it this is and our pleasure you know and when i say pleasure like i'm not just talking about joy i'm talking about that turn on that i just mentioned which is like turn on to life no matter even if it's pain Mm -hmm. it's like i'm a yes come come Mm -hmm. into me and you know there's like and once you start to tap into that once you start to tap into your body into your pleasure like there's nothing more powerful when you start to hear a woman say it just feels right it just feels right you Mm -hmm. that mechanism starts to get so strong and so yeah like it's it's not a mistake that these aspects of our wholeness have been vilified by religious and cultural and political Mm -hmm. institutions and the way that they do it is through shame 
Yeah. You know, like, because that tool is so powerful because shame will have you believe that you're bad Mm -hmm. and that something is inherently wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And so shame is the mechanism that keeps us from going into the feeling. And what, but you know, but in once you decide to go into the feeling, now you're back at the erotic and you're unraveling the grief and the rage. And you know, so that's like that is why it's so powerful. You can't control mm-hmm. people that are that have that relationship. Yeah, mm. that's so good. It's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well being. And accessible, expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive. Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women powered resource for game changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials and smart design principles, and they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy, I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelt A-E-R. It's called AIR. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite, and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. You told me to remind you about innocence, and I still feel like I'm marinating in that. But Yeah, you know, it's like... I am I am learning right now with uh you probably know her Jamie Elizabeth Thompson and I uh her Instagram handle is holistic sex coach and yeah. I really I really I really love Jamie because mm-hmm. she does she does what Audrey Lord is talking about which is like we're not just learning it's like actually we're not even learning in that course but it's not about like how to have this orgasm and like here's cervical dearming it's like mm. no how do we get into a relationship with death via orgasm? You know, like she's mm. going in, like getting to the root of things. And one of the things that we are exploring in this section of the workshop is the the jewel of your innocent heart. Mm. And I think for so many of us that have really used the erotic as a megaphone as a way to feel held and safe and seen we have or at least i can only speak for myself you know the erotic is that spark that's like yes i am willing to lose belonging to my country in Mm -hmm. order to serve the bigger truth 
And yet in this journey, in this last week, I'm like, oh, I've totally, totally been disconnected from my innocent heart, mm. from the innocence of this, from the innocence of me. And it's like the erotic is like, in my opinion, not complete, not fully integrated without the innocence of your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that little one that is so curious about her body that just wants to play, that wants to explore mm-hmm. and try new things. It's like I lost that part of me in in stepping into my power. Mm. And I think that's such an important reclamation for those of us that have been, you know, naturally erotic and empowered. It's like, where's your innocent heart? Did you bring it with you? Mm. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Thank you. Mm. I, um, I love the way that you articulate your feelings on all of this. And to me, that means that they've it's been integrated. Um, There's a quote that we both shared, a post that we both shared by Farida, I think is how you say your name, about how being sexual isn't consent for being sexualized. And that is something that I feel so strongly, like it really, really resonates. And at the same time, I don't feel like I can express myself in an articulate way on that topic and that makes me feel that I've not integrated it myself in my own journey um but I'd love to go into what that means for you um it's something I'm still navigating because it feels true in my body but I can't express it I mean I think that's I I think that's beautiful and I totally understand I trust that it feels right in your body Mm -hmm. you know but I will be working through this shit for the, for the rest of my <laughs> life, probably. But I have, I have integrated a lot. You know, I think it's because there was so much loss that came with me embodying my truth that I had to really get clear on on what I believe. It's like I truly lost my belonging to culture and family, and mm. and so I, you know, for me, it's been again, that thing of like, it's not what you're doing. It's how deeply you're feeling in the doing of and like, trying to understand like, what does what's it, what do? What do I mean when I say that I'm like a sexual being, you know, that I feel erotic. And it's like, oh, I have this like, you know, at the most primal of levels. Sex or being sexual is participating in the union of opposites and 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 that is like that is you're making love to life you're allowing like you're allowing your heart to be felt and also the force of life to like move in and Mm -hmm. penetrate it in an unobstructed flow Mm -hmm. you know it's like you're inhaling and sacrificing the inhale to the exhale like it started it like it's I started honestly through plant medicine as well being like oh this is sexual Mm -hmm. I had this experience once where I did mushrooms and I was like saying I felt so nauseous so lethargic so heavy disgusted shame and I was like I was, I was bogged down by it and I wanted to give up. And then it was this knowing of like, oh, you're saying no, 
you're not saying yes to this. You're saying no. And so I said yes. And I started to like, you know, this is a whole other podcast, but long story short is that like, I started to energy, like makes like, like make these sounds that I had never, and it got so big and loud. And I was like, I was purging out the lineage of shame Mm. and disgust and fear. And then I collapsed, you know, that went on for like 10 probably 10 minutes and then I collapsed onto the floor in grief just grief for all of this fucking bullshit that we were passed down and then I started to feel a portal literally opening from my yoni into the earth and I started to fuck the earth like fuck Mm. it and it was fucking me right back and it was like Mm. and I started to feel like Death, like when I was heaving and purging, it was like this death. And then when I collapsed and started to grieve and went into acceptance and then started to fuck, it was like this rebirth. And I like, I remember I put my head up and my boyfriend was in front of me, just like totally shocked, like tough fuck. And I, I remember I put my head up and I felt like I had six hundred heads. Wow. And I felt so just powerful but not this like power over it was just this power with and like Mm. I was and I remember spreading my legs open and I looked at my boyfriend and I was like don't ever let me forget that like this is what sex is Mm. this this power with this life death and rebirth like And I remember we like afterwards, we were hiking up. And in that moment, I stood up and I literally did this like call, this, this religious call. Um, And at the end of it, it's, you know, you go, I did that in the mountains. And I shit you not, I swear, like, I'm so glad I have a boyfriend that can say (laughs) I wasn't lying because it was unreal. That happened. It echoed into the mountains and then these mama bears first it was one then it was two then it was like 10 just just screaming back and I was to the point where I was like are we gonna die like how close are they but it was like it was just this affirmation of like oh this is literally God this is source Mm -hmm. running through all of us and and then throughout that journey and that hike I just kept every time I felt connected I kept opening my legs Mm. and so like you know that is the kind of sexuality that I believe Farida is talking about Mm -hmm. in that quote you know and it's like this being sexual is nature and it's an embodied feeling and your body literally extends that out to the world around you and unfortunately, our sexuality as women has been so grossly co-opted mm-hmm. by patriarchy and the male gaze. And so this embodied aliveness is seen as an invitation to be hypersexualized, to be touched, catcalled, assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for so many of us, like our, our decision is to just like shut down our pleasure completely because we don't want to be attacked or swallowed mm-hmm. by predators. But to mm-hmm. me, it's like, I had to think very long and hard about that. And I'm like, but that's the same motherfucking box as being, as being 
you know, hypersexualized. Like yeah. then it's the same box. It's the same trap. And so I think there's, I don't have an answer. I think it's very hard and scary yeah. to be embodied in your sexuality. And I think for me, the, the, really the place that I had to dive into is like, what am I doing? What's what, what is it for me? What am I doing it for me? When does it make me feel more connected? And those moments, I don't fucking apologize for anymore. I just don't because it's like you said, it's that moment that you had with your friend when you were holding space with her. That was pure love. Mm -hmm. I, 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 no, I get that. You get that. We get that. Does yeah. that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing mm. that story. Uh, I had a an experience on 5MEO once where it was my first medicine experience where Mary Magdalene showed up and she was pouring honey all over my body. And I didn't, I didn't know that I was doing this, but the group that was holding space for me told me that I was like thrusting in the air and doing very sexual movements. And I know that what I was experiencing um, was she was pouring honey on me and my body was turning into white roses and then turning mm -hmm. into a bunch of yonis and then white roses again. And so what it was for me was purging all the sexual trauma that was generational and that had happened with me, um, you know, that was ancestral and, and, you know, the curses were breaking with me and not passing on to my children. And it was a really uh, beautiful experience, but it felt it doesn't sound as magical as yours, but it felt oh God, to yours. It felt so very similar. magical. And after that, for like two weeks, I could barely be touched because my body felt so stimulated. Like I felt yeah. like this massive orgasm that had lasted for weeks. And I just had to, I had to like come down from it almost. Um, yeah. There's so much um, polarity online and shaming and shooting. Mm -hmm around the you know women expressing their sexuality and uh you know there's posts that I see where I'm like mm, yes that like that resonates and then there's other posts that feel a little bit more angry and so there's mm -hmm. I feel like there's a bunch of we're all expressing it in different ways based off of what we've been through around our sexuality and how we're being treated uh when we express it but um I'm seeing a beautiful shift in, in just the fact that these conversations are happening and that's super exciting. And I'm super excited for my daughter to grow up in a world where these talks have happened. Um, you've mentioned that part of your mission here on earth is to bring back holiness to our first and second chakras. And I feel like we've talked a lot without calling them our first and second chakras. We've talked mm -hmm. a lot about that energy. Uh, mm -hmm. So maybe we can go a little into that. Yeah, you know, I, I as a as a Muslim and someone that is very identified with with religious practice. I don't want to say identified. I just love it. Like I love religion. I hate the dogma of it, but I love the ritual and ceremony mm -hmm. behind mm -hmm. it. And I think that both religion and and um 
you know, the Western world with its like scientific movement and the industrial revolution, like we have this obsession with ascension, you know, with Mm -hmm. going up. It's like the mind is better. Um, even honestly in, you know, even, even in yogic practices, when that stuff gets really dogmatic, it's like, get to the crown chakra. Yeah. Like, ascent. It's like, it's all about, we're obsessed with ascension. Right. And, and, and to me in my journey, it's like, I just, I want to go lower and I want to go in. And I, I think that we, there's so much, we give so much value and virtue and sacredness to what's happening in our, in our hearts, rightfully so, especially in our minds and then our crown chakras and beyond. But it's like these is, you know, our first and second. And for me, my third as well, chakras, it's like, you know, in the, in the book, um, Eastern medicine, Western mind, or I can't remember which one it is, but like uh-huh. you go through the chakra system and you just read what each center affirms. And it's like the first chakra is I have the right to be here. Mm. I have the right to take up space. Mm. I have the right to become all of me. You know, it is safe to be here. Like, that and then you listen to the affirmations of the second chakra i have the right to feel i have the right to want i have the right to honor my sexuality and it's like oh right this is so so sacred it's so primal and you know in saudi arabia and in in many places in the world like i was truly raised to believe that these parts of me that like my desire is not to be trusted it's dangerous and then my body Mm -hmm. is disgusting and dirty unless it is in service of a man and that god doesn't dwell there Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like the literally the devil dwells there and the third chakra is like i have the right to act i have the right to get angry I have the right to source my own internal knowing. Mm -hmm. And of course they're telling us to me, it's like, Oh yeah, of course they're saying God isn't there because what happens when you go there? And to me, it's like those three centers are the base of us. They're the base of that's where we are literally cultivating the knowing that I am source. Mm. and then you go up and like yes so like if we don't have those to me it's like only because I've seen it in my life I was moving up here and wanting to go up here and none of this bottom stuff was integrated none of it felt like holy and, and true um and I've noticed you know, through the somatic work that I've been doing in the last years that like, oh, I am almost constantly clenching my perineum. And the majority of time when I'm in meditation, I can't feel my legs. Or just in general, it's like if I'm doing any somatic practice. And so I'm like, I just, you know, I am such my I just want to be with the misfits, those that are forgotten and left out. Like that's, those are my homies. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, you first three chakras, like me and you, let's go. <laughs> that's like, let, I, I will adopt you and sing your praises to everyone. Yeah. I, I, 
I agree that it's a lot about like soul and spirit and, and almost like the body is unholy. And uh, I love that Megan Watterson talks about how the body is the soul's chance to be here. Like it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um, it's and, the soul's expression manifest. Yeah. yeah. And you said, you know, you, you, it says bringing holiness to the first and second chakras. And I know for me, like when I hear the word holy and when I hear the word slut, I salivate at both words. Mm. Like the word holy to me sounds so sensual. And um, yeah, so I love, I love that mission. Um, Mm. Before I go into the lightning round of questions, I was curious if there's a Sufi mystic that you're connected to most or that works as a guide for you currently. Actually, no, I haven't. Like my journey with Sufism is actually quite new. I feel like I have been practicing Sufism just intuitively. It's like when I, when I did put God in a drawer in air quotations, mm-hmm. it was like I'm no longer going to do these five prayers a day that you guys are forcing me to do. But mm-hmm. I, um, I started to like just intuitively dance yeah. and and sing with islam and so i just now actually i'm grabbing this book because i forget the author's name um this is his name i cannot pronounce it oh wow can you lewelyn von yes uh so (laughs) i'm like yes that um this is such a wonderful book. This is the first book that I read on Sufism. It's called Sufism, the Transformation of the Heart. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this, my teacher has not revealed his, her, their self to me yet. Um, I'm sure they will soon. Yeah. Um, I just, I follow the mystics. Yeah. I think that's the way now. Rumi was for a me at mystic, least. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, there's a couple of questions that I ask everybody at the end of every show. The first one is if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? If I could hug her? Oh, you're so innocent, my love. Good job. I love that. I would have needed to hear that for sure. Yeah, me too. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'm going to say uh, Audre Lorde's Uses of the Erotic, The Erotic is Power. It's an essay, but. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Pleasure Activism. I'm, and I'm, Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. Yeah. Please go. I'm so excited to start that next week. And this episode will air on, it will be the first episode that airs after my birthday. So it was like, it, perfect to start out my pleasure year. <laughs> Yay. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? You are loved. Mm. Mm-hmm. How can people connect with you in your work? I know that you have a show called Fucked and Blessed, and I'm sure just like this podcast has been for me, it's helped release a lot of shame and fear by just saying things out loud. I'm sure it's yeah. been the same for you. Um, where can they watch your show? Where can they connect with you? 
Yeah, Instagram is really the best place um, to connect with me. You know, Fucked and Blessed is hosted on IGTV there, but also that's where all my music is. And, um, you know, you can DM me or send me an email. I am right now going into like cave mode because I'm finishing my musical, the show that Adrian talked about, mm. uh, called Alien of Extraordinary Ability, which is my immigration status here in the US. Wow. Which is very insulting, it's but crazy. also very cool. <laughs> I know. That's what when I got those papers, I was like, this is so fucked up and so awesome. And yeah. so I like it's truly just not okay, but also yeah. it has a ring to it. So that's yeah. the name of my music. And it's such a fitting title to be honest. It is. Yeah. 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 So I watch wouldn't... out for that. It'll come. It'll be it'll be a minute, but it's coming. And will it will you tour doing it? I think we need to figure out like are do we want this to go to Broadway? Do we want this to be a tour? Like that's yeah. I think my dream is to tour it. Yeah. Um, and like hopefully universe willing, God willing that you know my my ultimate dream is for this show to be played in the Arab world. Oh, wow. Um, mm. I think that would be really, 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 really epic. Yeah, beautiful. Just got to see if they can get on board. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know about IGTV until recently. Um, Adrian launched his show about regenerative agriculture and ability. Um, so I've got to figure that out, like how where IGTV is on the app and all that stuff. Um, it's just where the play button is. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last the the last thing that I I did want to ask you about it may not be a talking topic is um, was there shame around your bleed in your culture when you first started was there was that something you were disconnected from or you know it's like in our culture surprisingly it there wasn't there wasn't shame around your bleed actually it was just kind of um, it was actually quite celebrated, oh. um, but it, it was quite celebrated in the sense that like um, you're one step closer to getting married, which is like, oh. it's like celebrated for the wrong reasons. It's like, yeah. you're, you're a woman now. And now we, we're going to like, we're yeah. going to think about who we can marry you off to. Yeah, exactly. But so, but like, I remember it being, I remember being proud that I got my period. But mm -hmm. then the shaming came afterwards because it's like in Islam, the way that they taught us, uh, you're not allowed, they would like, you know, you were not allowed to pray um, if you were on your period because yeah. you were dirty, you mm -hmm. know, um, you're not allowed to enter holy spaces because you were dirty. And so um, just a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed messages. Yeah. Mm. And I, I started to really resent my period because also, you know, they taught us at school that the reason that a man can have multiple wives is because, well, you know, he has this like this uncontrollable sex drive. And in order for him to not, you know, go cheat on you and fuck a bunch of women while you're on your period, um, you know, wow, that's, that's, that's why they can do that. So like, I started to just resent my period. Mm -hmm. Um, so mixed messages. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, post images, that never, you know, back from Playboy days or, or even some of the nude nature shoots I do now never get flagged. But if I post a, a something that has to do with my period blood, it's flagged right away. Wow. So it's so interesting how 
how people are so. I think that's, I think that's because when you see something like that, there's so much life in it Mm. that it's just like, there's just too much life in it. Yeah. I think, I really think that's what it is. Mm. And that's what I believe about that. It's like, literally you're looking at lifeblood, what would have been lifeblood. It's too Mm -hmm. much. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope to see you in person sometime soon, maybe at one of your tours or Adrian's next birthday. (laughs) I really hope so too, my love. Thanks so much. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Mm. Man, I felt just fully turned on. And those first two chakras that she says she wants to bring holiness to, I felt fully turned on in those throughout so much, if not the entire conversation. Uh, I'm thankful to soak in her coding and and mm, her energy. And I hope that all of you guys felt it as well while listening to this. Uh, I'm in a <laughs> in a juicy pleasurable mode uh so that'll bring me into my first affiliate the best toys for sex is dameproducts.com code jade gets 15 percent off and i love to pair it with my pleasure wander yoni egg from wands.com w-a-a-n-d-s.com 20 percent off with code jade there as well I love to use my suction toy with either of those products, my suction toy from Dame and all things CBD at directhemp.com code Jade for a discount. I love my sleepy time gummies and my body whip butter and then higher dose infrared products, all things infrared. I love my bioenergy mat, my sauna blanket, my infrared mask, higherdose.com code Jade 75 for $75 off any product. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Mm-hmm.